Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons Podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. I have a story on this first day of spring. How many are loving this weather? Beautiful weather, right? But I have a story I want to share with you, a little humorous story. So give, bear with me for about a minute here. A passenger in a taxi leaned over to ask the driver a question and gently tapped him on the shoulder to get his attention. And the driver screamed, lost control of the cab, nearly hit a bus, drove up over the curb, and stopped just inches from a large plate window in a business. For a few moments, everything was silent in the cab. Then the shaking driver said, Are you okay? I'm so sorry, but you scared the daylights out of me. And the badly shaken passenger apologized to the driver and said, I didn't realize that a mere tap on the shoulder would startle someone so badly. And the driver replied, No, no, I'm the one who is sorry. It's entirely my fault. You see, today's my very first day driving a cab. I've been driving a hearse for 25 years. Supposed to be humorous, right? So it's a little bit of fear right there that he was living with. Now, fear can be a frightful thing, and I'm going to touch on that today. I'm going to go there. Um, I'm going to touch on that subject, and I've titled this subject, uh, this sermon topic today, March Madness. Say March Madness with me. So how many are familiar with the March Madness concerning the NCAA basketball tournament? Raise your hand if you've heard of it in that sense, in that term. So what it is, in fact, it's going on right now, and I've got to read this because I, I don't know all of it, but it refers to that time of the year, usually mid-March through the beginning of April, when the men's and, college, men's and women's college basketball tournaments are held. Why is it madness? Well, they describe it because it's the excitement that swirls around the sports world as tournament time approaches leading up to the big dance. All these terms, sports terms, you probably didn't know. And so hundreds of teams vie to be part of the 68 teams in the tournament, single elimination, getting them down to the Sweet 16, then the Final Four, and then eventually the champion of men's college basketball and women's college basketball, and hence the name March Madness. But today I'm not here to talk to you about college basketball, not here to talk to you about March Madness in that sense. I'm here today because I want to talk to you because I strongly believe we're in perilous times. How many know that? Or how many would agree that we live in perilous, perilous times, dangerous times? And I believe we're experiencing the last few years Things that we've never experienced in our world, not to mention just in the United States. We all know the pandemic, on and on. We've talked about it till we're blue in the face. So supposedly the numbers say six million people have died worldwide. I've known people that have died from it. Uh, people I've gone to school with that have died from it. We have politics, partisan politics, divisiveness like never before. You have to be red or you have to be blue or you can't be in between. We can't agree to disagree agreeably anymore, right? And that's, that's not the way it used to be. We could agree to disagree on a subject and walk away and be able to talk to our neighbor, 
be able to talk to someone. But now it's, well, if you don't agree with me, you're my enemy now. And that's the world we live in. Not to mention the supply chain issues. How many have been affected by supply chain issues? And I'm not just talking about toilet paper. I'm talking about maybe at your workplace. There's things that you can't get in timely, on a timely fashion like you could before. I know this firsthand because my Monday through Friday job, we bring container ships in from all over the world to the ports of Seattle, ports of, of LA, Long Beach, and they sit, and they sit, and they sit out there on the water. You've seen pictures of these. You've seen this on the news. There, there's, it's a whole chain effect, the domino effect. And so consequently, we don't get our products. Production stops. You know, prices go up. And people begin to complain. And, and, and it causes fear in people of what the next thing that's going to occur might be. In addition to that, you have a, a European conflict going on in Ukraine, a war going on with the threat of superpowers being involved in it, talking about the United States and Russia. Once again, like it used to be 30 years ago, that threat was alive and real 30 years ago. We thought we had seen it end. Well, no, here we go again. It's just a new season. And then gas prices, to top it off here in March. I'm surprised you all made it to church today with gas being so expensive. We've never seen gas prices this high in this country. But do you know that other countries have seen prices like this for years, for many years? But we here in the United States have been fortunate that we haven't ever had to pay close to $6 a gallon for gas. And here we are. Who would have ever thought? And that's why I call this March Madness. Say that with me again. March Madness. It seems like our world has gone mad. And, and we're not shocked by the next thing we read in the newspaper that comes out. We're not shocked anymore. It used to be a shock when we would see things and we would hear of things. It's like, oh my goodness, my, parent, my grandparents would roll over in the grave if they, if they had heard of this. And on and on and on. Now you may be here today worrying about your children's future, your grandchildren's future, young or grown, or worrying about a loved one who's sick, or maybe something that's going on with you. You may be worried here today about that, or how you're you're going to survive in business if you own a business or if you work for a business. Tough times right now. Tough times. Everybody's dealing with that. You know, fear can creep in because of the future. You don't know. None of us know the future. None of us do. But I know someone who does. Amen. And I know someone that can help us with that. We can worry about all sorts of things, big and small. But God knew we would struggle with fear. Did you know that? God knows you would struggle with fear? That there would be times you would be afraid. Now, us men, we don't like to admit when we're afraid. Right, men? Well, no, no, I've never been afraid. I'm not even afraid of the dark, you know. You might be the biggest chicken in your family, you know, if the seeker got out. But God knows that. And he made sure to to tell us about how to overcome fear in his love letter to us, which is the Word of God. In fact, do you realize that over 300 times in the Bible it says, do not fear, fear not? 
over three, not three times, not 30 times, over 300 times. Now, if I'm you, if I'm hearing this correctly, 300 times, God wants my attention on that subject. Don't you agree? He wants your attention. He wants you to understand that he knows you and I are going to face fears. Now, there's a reason why he addresses this over 300 times in the Word. God does not want us to be consumed by fear. I heard a long time ago the acronym for fear, F-E-A-R, false uh, events appearing real. Okay, that's, that's what somebody once said. Now, think about the last time you were fearful of something. Most of us, I would agree, would have done something like this. There is something that's coming up, and you're fearful of it, whatever it may be, surgery, health concerns, whatever. And then in your mind, you begin to imagine the worst-case scenarios. And then you get past that point, and then you reflect back, none of that ever happened or even came close to happening because our mind spurs all these, all these false scenarios and we become fearful. But I'm here to tell you today that faith and fear don't, do not mix. How many have ever tried mixing oil and water? It doesn't mix. It'll, the, the oil will just sit on the top, and it won't mix with the water. Same with faith and fear. You either have faith or you have fear. You're either living in one or the other because the two do not mix and here's what I'm here to tell you today, that the Word of God gives us so much hope and confidence for our current state and our future. Gas prices are six bucks a gallon, whatever they are today. They may have gone up overnight. I don't know. Who knows what tomorrow or next month is going to be like? Who knows? But I don't want you to fear it. It's one day at a time. I know it's an easy expression to say, we go through life one day at a time. How do they say you eat a, an elephant? One bite at a time. You know, you see this large thing and you think, how am I ever going to do that? One bite at a time, one day at a time. Amen? I want to have you turn, if you brought your Bibles with me, with you, uh, turn to Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. We'll have it on the screen for you. Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. Listen to these words carefully. Uh, this is speaking to someone here today. I know it is. Maybe somebody that's watching online but here here it is it says so do not fear for i am with you do not be dismayed for i am your god i will strengthen you and help you i will uphold you with my righteous right hand that scripture alone if if you have your bible make sure you underline that make sure you highlight it make sure you read that and let that get into your soul and spirit because here's a question I have for you today. It's a very important question. Have you given room and permission for fear to creep into your life? Did you catch that? Have you given room and permission for fear? You see, we have to give permission to fear to enter into us and consume our thoughts. Sometimes when we go through stuff, we're consumed with fear. How many know what I'm talking about? You can be consumed with fear. Now, why is that? Well, it's because we're imperfect beings in an imperfect world. We're going to face tough times. But I'm so thankful that the Lord tells us, do not fear. I want to share with you this recent poll. 
that in America, they asked Americans, what are the top 12 things you are afraid of? The top 12 things, and I'm going to list them, see if you fit in any of these areas. Hopefully you don't fit all 12 or check off all 12, because we need to have a prayer meeting here for you after service. But the top 12 things Americans fear the most, beginning with number 12, fear of the dark. Okay, you can go public if you're afraid of the dark. Number 11, fear of going to the doctor. Number 10, fear of thunder and lightning. Number 9, fear of dogs. Number 8, fear of flying on an airplane. Some of you I know don't like to fly. Number 7, fear of mice. Fear of mice. Am I hitting anybody so far, right? Uh, number 6, fear of needles and getting shots. Number 5, Fear of spiders. Spiders. Number four, fear of being closed in a small space. And that's me. In the last 10 years, I never used to have fear of closed, confined spaces. To get in a tank now, in a winery, in a wine tank, oh, no, that's not happening anymore for me. I can't do that anymore. It's a confined space, and I used to be able to do that, no problem, but not anymore. Just something that just started happening. Number three, Fear of heights. Number two, fear of public speaking. And the number one fear is fear of snakes. Anybody afraid of snakes? Yeah, a lot of people are. It's a common fear. Hopefully nobody here, or nobody watching, checked off all the boxes there. Yeah, that's me on every single one because we do have to pray for you. Amen. I want to take you back to that verse. If we can put the verse back up, Isaiah 41 and verse 10. Thank you. Listen to this. The very first, not suggestion, it's a command from God. Do not fear. Say that with me. Do not fear is the very first command at the beginning of this verse. And the second is, do not be dismayed or discouraged. Let's face it. There will be times of discouragement for all of us. I don't care who you are. Mr. Mrs. Super Christian, you know, everything's going your way. You feel the hand of God in everything you touch. There will be days that you'll be discouraged. But the Lord doesn't want us to stay there. He doesn't want to leave us there. So do not fear. Do not be dismayed. And as always in the Word of God, these are not suggestions. These are commands to you and I for everyday living. Now, this is where I want to touch on commands. Commands don't just hang in the air with no basis of reality. Anytime God declared something, there's a reason why. Listen to this right here. Spiritual power and faith comes from understanding and believing those reasons. Spiritual power and faith comes from understanding and believing those reasons. And I want to give you Five reasons right here, real quick, from Isaiah 41, verse 10, the verse we just read. Five reasons why you and I shouldn't have to fear. Number one, let's put these up on the screen. There, look at that. She's even faster than I am. For I am with you. Say that with me. For I am with you. Number two, I am your God. Number three, I will strengthen you. Number four, I will help you. And number five, I will uphold you with my righteous 
right hand. The Lord has got you. I mean, I don't know how else to, and I'm going to get deeper into this, but these five things right here, five reasons, should bring you and I comfort when we become fearful. Fearful is not a, not a good place to be, especially if you're there day after day after day. I understand we're fearful of the job interview. We're fearful of moving to a new community, a new house. We're fearful of, of different things, but we quickly get over it, right? But fearful to remain in that condition, in that state, it's not what God designed for you and I. What the Lord is wanting us to understand is this. God is with me. Look at these right here. God is with me. Number two, God is my God. Number three, God will strengthen me. Number four, God will help me. And number five, God will uphold me. Now, you have willpower. You have strength. You have a sound mind. You have, you, there's many things that you are, and I are capable of doing. But there's some things we have to give them up to the Lord. There's some things you have to say, Lord, I need your help because I can't figure out this mess. I need, I'm weak in this area. If you're trying to diet and you keep going to Costco and buying chocolate cakes and cheesecakes, I mean, you need strength, amen? You need strength. I'm talking to myself there. The Lord has called you and I to be free of fear. Fear is, is like a... It's like bitterness. It's like unforgiveness. You, we struggle with those things, but we got to let them go. we got to let it go. Fear when you take a test. As I said, face an interview. When you confront someone, you know they did something wrong and you want to confront them about it. You're afraid to talk to them possibly. When you leave your job to go to a new place. When you face an operation or a treatment. Or when you lose a spouse or a friend, fear of the future, fear of what's going to happen. But this is what I want to tell you today about fear. Fear is an attitude. Say attitude with me. Attitude. It's a spirit from Satan himself that will infect us if we allow it. Now, God has not only called us to be free from fear, but he's commanded us, do not fear. Only with the help of God can I overcome that fear. Only with His help can I overcome my natural emotion and my natural, natural fear of whatever the subject may be. Here's the wonderful news about God. He never asks you to do something and leave you hanging. He'll always be with you. If He said He's never going to leave you or forsake you, guess what? He's going to walk with you through that trial through that season of loneliness, through that season, that struggle where you're, you're, you're having to seemingly do everything and it's all on your shoulders, God walks with you. Amen? What do I mean by that? It comes back to an attitude check. I, I always teach you here every year about an attitude of gratitude during Thanksgiving time. But we shouldn't just have an attitude of gratitude during Thanksgiving. It should be year-round. Amen? And I love that about our church we have an attitude of gratitude. Everybody gets along. We get well. We have potlucks coming up next week um, and, and all that good stuff. But, but God never leaves you hanging. He puts authority from his word in you, and that is the divine support that he helps you with, that you and I need. 
you and I need his help. Because within our own strength, we can only do so much. We need his divine strength. Amen? So what do I mean by that attitude? Well, let me, let me give you some examples of that in, in my life, uh, in my family. My mom was told about 17 years ago, I could be off a couple of years here and there, but my mom was told about 17 years ago that she had cancer. She had breast cancer. And how many know anytime you hear the word cancer, it's never good. But here as believers with God, all things are possible. Amen. And so my mom is a believer. And never once did I ever see her fear. In fact, we would ask her, are you, are you afraid, mama? And she would say, no, no, I trust in God. And it, Here's what I want to just share. It's easy to say I trust in God. Anybody can say that. My faith is in God. But do you really trust Him? At night when everybody's gone and you're by yourself, are you still fearful? Do you remain fearful? Or are you still trusting God? And so I never saw her fearful of that. She is going to be 89 years old this year in September. She's still around, amen? She's still living for Jesus, amen? Because God has blessed her. But she never had fear because she had the right attitude. My sister Yolanda, approximately 13 years ago, diagnosed with a rare blood disease. I mean, there was number of people that you can count on one hand that had had this disease. Was given six months to live by a doctor. And that's the other thing I don't agree with. Doctors telling you how many days you have left on this earth. Doctors don't have that authority to declare over someone how many days you have on this earth. Almighty God does. Amen? But, but 13 years ago, she was given six months to live. And here's one thing you have to understand about my sister Yolanda, if you don't know her, is she is the strongest believer in my family, beyond me, beyond my parents, beyond my brother, my other sister. Irene, I mean, she has an amazing, amazing faith. This woman is now, because of this blood disease, had a heart transplant, she's had chemotherapy, she's had dialysis, and she's been poked, prodded, cut up, sewn up more times than anybody I have ever known in my life. And not once, not once has she ever complained, not once has she ever spoken in fear, not once has she declared, I'm worried. Every single time it's, I trust my Jesus, God's going to get me through this. To this day, here she is today, still alive by the grace of God. Every day for her is a miracle. Amen? But the attitude that she adopted reflected in her life. And it's important for you and I to understand our attitude is going to determine our future. And then finally in, in my family, and I could go on with these, but my dad had a brain surgery about 10 years ago. He, this is a man who had major back surgery, a spinal fusion in his 40s, late 40s. And then about 10 years ago in his 70s, he had a major surgery in his head. They had a drill in his head, and in his brain area, there was some nerves that needed to be repaired. It was a very simple procedure, but very dangerous as well, anytime you deal with the brain and the head. And it was causing major pain over his face and into his body, nerves, uh, just in pain, just jolts of electricity throughout his body. And it was getting to the point where my, my dad's the hardest worker I've ever known in my life. I've said that many times here. But he was wanting to just like 
if this is all there is to life now, I don't want to live anymore. He was getting to that point. And you wouldn't know that now when you see him come and visit us here. Well, I still remember this day, they were wheeling him to surgery. But before they did, we all had a chance to pray for him. So he was on the gurney, and we surrounded him as family members. We came around him, we laid hands on him, and we prayed for God to bring healing, relief of pain, relief of discomfort, total and full recovery for him. And guess what God did? Amazingly, he healed him. He used those doctors to bring healing to him. He doesn't have that problem anymore. And he never had fear. He went into that surgery free of fear. He felt, God's got this. God's got me. Amen? Attitude. What is your attitude today regarding what you're facing? Is it where it should be? Or do you need to adopt a new attitude today? You see, when we know the promises of God and stand upon those promises, we can begin to declare the following. And I have five things up there that I want to declare with you. And we're going to put them up on the screen. But the first one is, do not fear, God is with me. Second one, do not fear, God is my God. Third one, do not fear, God will strengthen me. Number four, do not fear, God will help me. And the fifth one, do not fear, God will uphold me. Whatever it was that you raise your hand on, prayer need, there could be a fear related to that. I want you to, next time you pray, begin to recall that, those statements right there, those five statements. Do not fear, God is with me. God is my God. God will strengthen me. God will help me. God will uphold me in that situation. Amen? I've got another scripture, my final scripture for today. Actually, no, I lied. Forgive me, Lord. I've got uh, two more scriptures. First one is Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 33. Thank you. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 33. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. How many want to live a life without fear of harm? Um, I, I live in Vallejo. I want to live without fear of harm. Amen. <laughs> um, some of you may live in some rough areas. You want to live without fear or harm to your home, to your vehicles. You want a catalytic converter to still be there in the morning and your gas too. Amen. Because I know what you're talking about. I know how you feel. But here, listen to this. Do not fear means to trust God instead of believing that your present situation is bigger than God is. Let me say that again. Do not fear means to trust God instead of believing that your current situation that you're facing is bigger than God is. How many know that with God, you can face all things? Amen? God wants us to trust Him, to trust that He will be enough no matter what you're facing going through life right now. There was a man by the name of Oswald Chambers. I have a devotional. It's called Utmost to, my, to the Highest. Um, he was an early 20th century evangelist. And his name, again, was Oswald Chambers. Listen to the words he said. The remarkable thing about God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. Now, 
I wasn't raised in church, so I wasn't, I, I didn't grow up in this. And, and uh, at first, when I became a believer, I'm thinking, like, I got to fear God? What do you mean I got to fear God? I got to be afraid of this God Almighty? I didn't have a right understanding what that meant. Let me just share what that means. Fearing the Lord means to be reverent in awe of His holiness. Reverencing on Almighty God. To give Him complete reverence as the King of glory, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. That's what it means when it says, fear Him. Not to be afraid of Him. God never wants us to be afraid of Him. He desires to draw you in, but to honor Him with respect because He is a holy God. Amen? And as I, as I close today, I want to I tell you that these gray hairs here, I know I've got one or two, but they've taught me that life, okay, 600 or 700, but they've taught me that life can be one battle after another, after another, after another. How many know that? But it seems like in years past, it used to be like we'd, we'd face something tough, and then there'd be things would go good for a year, two years, and then maybe three years, and we'd face something else. But now it seems like we go through something, and right away there's something else that pops up that we have to fight, that we have to struggle with, whether it's at home, whether it's at work, whether it's with our kids or grandkids. I mean, it's just nonstop. And this world, how many know we live in perilous times? The enemy knows his day is coming, and he's trying to choke the life and put fear into each and every one of us. With March Madness that I declared that we see all these things going on around us, it can lead to fear. It can be a constant daily fight. But let me tell you again, in just being transparent, there's always going to be something to be afraid or worried about. Worried about how I'm going to come up with the money to pay for this. Who, who's going to pay for, for that? Who, um, who's going to take care of this? Who's going to take care of that? And there's always things to fear. But don't let that dominate your thought process. Because see, that's an attitude. You're giving permission to that attitude to infect you. Fear can become your lifestyle, and once it does it, it's an attitude. And we need an attitude adjustment, amen? Some of us may need an attitude adjustment. Now, let's, let's turn to the last scripture I have for you today as I close. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18. This one, if you have a Bible with you, if you have it at home, underline it, highlight it. Meditate upon this. This verse is powerful, especially if you're dealing with any type of fear. Okay, let me read it to you. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. That is so deep right there. I mean, I, I literally could spend hours talking to you on just that scripture alone. You ever wonder why certain people can't receive love? Why they can't, no matter how much you love them and are, are ooey-gooey to them, they just, they can't receive it? Because they've been hurt in life. They've been punished in life. They, they weren't raised that way. You know, I know it's very common in the Latino culture where I come from, you know, the macho man, you know, and and he, they don't show love sometimes. I, I love my dad, but he grew up in a very strict household. 
His dad, my grandpa, never told him that he loved him, that he was proud of him. So guess what? I don't hear that from my dad, but he shows me in other ways. He shows me that he loves me in other ways. And, and I'm cool with that. I'm, a, I'm good with that. At first I wasn't when I was younger. I had a battle with that. But I learned to accept that that's who he is. He never received that growing up. So how could I ever expect him to give me that? He wasn't equipped to do that. My point again is people that don't know how to love, people that live in fear have been hurt. There's a lot of hurt going on there. We as believers should never be afraid of life circumstances because Jesus has promised never to leave us nor forsake us. He is with us every day. I, I just gonna, I'm going to close with one last story. When I was a kid, I used to have nightmares, really bad nightmares. I mean, I had them for years. I've sh I think I've shared this with my daughters, but uh, when I was a kid, I'm talking from the age of, that I can remember, three years old, four years old, cause, and up to even my early 20s, I had the same nightmare, and it wouldn't change. It was the same one. We used to live um, next door to where my parents lived was my grandma, and we used to live in that house. And to enter the house, there was a porch with a, with a squeaky old porch door. You know, those, those type of squeaky porch doors, screen doors. So, so we open it, and you walk into the porch, which was screened in, and it was dark. There was never any light in there except for in the far corner, there was an old, an old heater. Uh, it was a uh, water heater. And every time we'd come at night, I'd look over there, and it looked like it was 20 feet long, and in the corner was a wall heater, and then the flames would go on, and you'd hear the, the water heater turn on. Well, to a four-year-old, that was scary. You know, I was scared of that. I, I just wanted to get in the house where the lights were. And so in my dream, the nightmares that I would have, I'd be walking into the house, and out of that corner, the boogeyman, the kukui, okay, he would come out, and he'd want to kill me. He would start chasing me to kill me, and he wanted to kill me. I just felt that, and all the way through my teens, all the way into my early 20s, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about that because I haven't had them since I became a believer. When I became a believer, God saved me from all that. He removed the fear that I had given permission to in my life, and, uh, and I said, Lord, no more fear o over a simple nightmare. And I've never had a nightmare since that day. I've never had one since I became a believer. Because I said, no more, Lord. And here's what I know. If, if the Lord did it for me, he can do it for you, and he can do it again. Amen? Amen. Stand with me today as we close. How many receive this today? Fear must be cast out today. It must be cast out. God does not want you to live in fear. You know, we're able to walk through the valleys, the low places in life because nothing we face will be greater than the God we serve. Your heart may be troubled here today. You may feel like you can't take another step, but you can, and you don't need to by yourself. God is here to help you, to remind you that he loves you, that you're his child. You're his son, you're his daughter, and he loves you. 
trust that during those dark and difficult trials that you and I will face, that God will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen? That the God of glory, the King of kings and Lord of lords, walks with you every day. I want to pray, say a prayer for those that may be struggling with fear today. Just with your heads bowed right now, just bow your heads. Everybody close your eyes today. If you've been struggling with fear, and fear comes in different sizes, different emotions. If you've been struggling with any type of fear, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you today, where you're at. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. See your hands. You can put your hands down. I want to say this prayer, and I'd like for you to repeat this prayer. Because as I was saying, we give permission for fear to enter our life and affect our attitude, infect our attitude. And it's time to let it go. It's time for an attitude adjustment today. So let's pray this prayer right now and say goodbye to that attitude of fear. Just say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I come before you right now. I command all fear in me to leave right now in the name of Jesus. I stand upon your promises, your word. You tell me over 300 times to fear not. And Lord, I stand upon those promises today. Thank you, Lord, for changing my attitude today. I no longer give fear permission to affect me, infect me, and to rule my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, I believe that if you've been living, experiencing fear, God has set you free here today. I want you to take that last verse that I, that I quoted, 1 John chapter 4, 18. Underline that one as well. Highlight it at home in your Bibles. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. I want you to meditate on that. Let that soak into your spirit, into your soul, and learn that, that love casts out fear and that you no longer give it permission to enter into your house and into you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, as always, we're going to close with the blessing. If you could just lift your hands one more time, I'm going to pray the blessing over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.